Getting bored with all those episodes where not that much happens? Like, uh, it's Captain's business, I'm not gonna even ask. Well, you're going to have to strap in for episode 24 of STTNG's Not Another Star Trek Podcast, Conspiracy. Relish in your new body. Relish in it. <laughs> There's phasers galore. Even the goddamn doctor is shooting something on this. And fighting. Oh, here Worf goes. He's gonna kick some ass. Gosh darn it, there are fisticuffs. You know what it jacked this dude up. Hang on to something because everything's about to get turned upside down right about... Now. Uh, let's drop this thing, man. Five, four, three, two, one. Why don't you spread your legs on when I put my hair on? Oh, wait. Commander Rika. Welcome, everybody, to your new favorite podcast sttng's not another star trek podcast we're in episode 24 four for many of you it might not be your new favorite podcast at this point we could have been the podcast you've been listening to for uh, some time now right it's still it's still their favorite podcast i mean i think that's unquestionable oh no that it is their their favorite podcast but i like to think that every episode is like a new awakening Oh, right. So every episode, again, it becomes their new favorite podcast because they're like, what, is this thing out again? Right. Oh, hey, I remember how much I love this. Oh, this is wonderful. (laughs) Honey, 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 come in here and listen to these two fools again. Come on. Our very loyal audience in Goonsenhausen, which again, thank you very much, Goonsenhausen. God Um, bless these uh, uh, Goonsenhausians, if that's what you call them. But uh, look, 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 Goonsenhausen, if, if you're out there, drop us a line. And we're happy to send you some uh, uh, free STTNG's swag. And we've got it. Let, let's get into this thing. I'm going to steer this sucker tonight. I'm Commander Dave E. Dave. And I am the delightful, the affable ambassador. <laughs> you know what's funny? I remember how you railed against the other science fiction that was on at the time. And it was uh, Alf. It would be great if you were the, the Alf. I'm Alflable. Keep your cats away from me, people. I am, in fact, alflable. Cats or something? Yeah, that was the whole thing. Oh, I didn't. And I also, I mean, this is is probably time to tell mm. the listeners. People have listened this long. I'm actually a puppet that Dave <laughs> manipulates in order to create the illusion that he has a friend. All right, thank you. you know, this is that's a weird. You've made already made two weird comparisons to what goes on in this episode tonight because there is a bit of puppetry going on in this. There's a, there's some stop motion for all you stop motion fans out there, and and which Star Trek doesn't have much stop motion in it. And and before you were talking about this kind of metamorphosis, and 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 this thing is full of uh, the invasion of the body snatchers business going on. It's it's, it's oh yeah, the, a lot of bodies. Yeah, it, there's some snatching, right? Oh yeah, there's some prime snatching. Uh, uh, keep your snatching to yourself number one what happens in this one is the the enterprise d is off to get some much yes needed r and r again they're off to get the r and r yeah you know that well listen there's a lot of stuff that's going on in in these episodes and they got a rest but they receive a um, emergency code 47 message which means captain's eyes only 
They get diverted away from uh, Pacifica to a place called Ditalics B, which just sounds like some sort of cholesterol medicine. It's in my font folder on my Mac. <laughs> so they, 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 they go to Ditalics B where Picard meets up with some uh, uh, esteemed Starfleet captains. Other caps, yeah. Including his old friend Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger Keel. Right. And they warn him that something is askew in the Federation, some mysterious threat that they feel has has spread throughout the fleet but the kind of the upper echelon of starfleet oh no throughout the fleet oh it's everywhere oh yeah sure walker keels all like i don't trust i don't trust my doctor i don't trust my first officer i don't trust the guy whose job it is to clean up the shuttlecraft what what what, what happens though is picard's like uh, okay well i'll keep an eye out whatever dudes but he really starts to take the whole thing seriously when suddenly the Enterprise finds itself flying through what's left of Keel's ship, oh. the Horatio. Horatio, damn. and it's it's yeah, the Horatio man. That's that's a big ass ship. It's an Ambassador class ship. It's been blown up. Picard says to Data, "Hey, could you just go over all of the uh, orders from Starfleet for the last God knows how long?" He finds a subtle and insidious plan to weaken Starfleet. Picard says, "Fine." Let's turn this Galaxy-class starship around, head back to Earth, and find out what's going on. Go, go straight to Earth. And they get there pretty quickly. They put it in do-not-disturb mode and, and bust a move off to Earth. Directly to Earth. It's funny, though, you know, going to Earth, there's always this emphasis on being way out there. It's like, hey, hi, Taylor, to Earth, immediately. And all of a sudden, they're like, bloop, they're there. And, and it's kind of stupid on one hand but also incredibly rewarding to just get back to earth and when i first saw this episode i thought wow cool you know original series never returned to earth in their own time you know they did some flashback episodes where they went to old earth and and in fact it's it's a flashback i mean they use paintings from the star trek motion picture series right for earth yes they go to i think i think it's from the voyage home the voyage home Dum dum. Yes, the fourth Star Trek film. And so that's the one where Shatner is on trial for stealing the Enterprise and then blowing it, it to bits, right? Yes, and he's he's exonerated because of the whales that he brought. Right. And I bring that up because th this all happens at Starfleet and it's the same painting they use. Yes. Um, so uh, over the next 70 years from when Kirk was there to Picard showing up, they haven't done much remodeling, I guess. I was very excited when they were going back to Earth. And mm -hmm. yeah, they don't. They 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 rarely, if ever, go back to Earth. So I thought, oh, cool. I, I understand that the show is about being out in space and all, but I, I have some curiosity about what's going on on Earth now. In previous episodes, there have always been these kind of tantalizing hints, right? Like, oh, we've we've solved crime just by figuring out what's wrong with people and fixing it before it becomes a problem. It just seems so tantalizing. And then kind of like uh, in the original series, when they finally go to Vulcan and you barely get a glimpse, all you get is like Spock's backyard. Here you get like a map painting from another movie. <laughs> and that's about it. Right. And I understand they have reasons for this. Trust me, I understand. Yeah, it's you know, money, money, money. All the budget. Yeah. And this is the end of the season, so you know well, they're running on fumes. And it's 1988. Don't forget, it's 1988. This is all stuff that they would be able to figure out now. But they also paid a lot of money on claymation bugs, <laughs> so they don't have a lot of money. So when the time comes, for instance, yeah. uh, and he's at Starfleet headquarters, and you get one hallway and like two rooms, it's hardly I know spectacular. 
and even the doors, right? right. McCart goes to have dinner with, and I'll, hang on, we'll fill this, this is, in. This folks. is like late, late, late show, but go ahead and talk about your doors. Those doors are, are the doors they're going to use for 10 forward later. I mean, I don't know if you recognize those doors. I saw those. Oh, I thought, really? I know. I didn't. I oh, didn't. is he going to be guiding? Well, you know what's funny? It's funny that you bring that up. This is a very door heavy episode because there'll be a lot of door talk this time. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah, for finally. Finally, we're going to talk doors. There's a Dorn versus Door reference later on, too. <laughs> you know, Star Trek Four was made uh, not too long before this season, right? And you'd think that yes. in the nowadays world of these studios really planning the shit out of everything and owning every piece of a thing, you would think that they would have left those sets around somewhere. So studio space is really expensive, so you don't leave up sets. You don't just like leave the sound stage with the set up there, okay? But still, you would think that the the props from the Voyage Home would still be around so that you could have Picard walk through this massive set again. Wouldn't that be cool? That would have been nice. Yeah. And this is not a Voyage Home podcast. We can listen, it's okay to deviate and talk about Voyage Home. Uh the reason okay. why I was thinking of bringing up Voyage Home is because this episode feels a lot like the movies. It's it's very cinematic and it's the most cinematic episode. Mm. I think we've seen so far. They don't go to a lot of places. Uh, you're right. I agree. But there's a lot of action. There's a whole bunch of drama that makes sense. And there's a lot of exciting uh, uh, twists and turns that go on. But I guess it's also a thing we talked about, the fact that, you know, getting up off the ship and getting out to the Huntington Library like they I, did in Justice is, is such a rare treat for them, too. I guess they don't get to go down to the mall and shoot at the uh, Hot Topic as much as they would like to. They don't get to head to the Limited and do some shooting. <laughs> Tower Records, you know, on the tour. Oh, don't break my yeah, heart that yeah, way. Yeah, they were still around. Oh, no, they definitely were. But this is such a weird and wonderful episode. I mean, it's 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 really an episode that I enjoy. Yeah, I think we both really like this episode. It it just comes out of nowhere though. It does. It's like you're you're watching, you're like, oh look, there there there's some microbrains, there's some symbiotic people. Oh, there's a guy trapped in time with his girlfriend in love with Picard. And, oh my god, what just happened here? <laughs> yeah. You know, the the episode it kind of knocks you off your feet in the beginning. And, and it's really weird because the way that it opens and the way it ends are complete opposites. It opens up with a dirty joke that has been told off screen. <laughs> How do you know it's dirty? <laughs> because they're talking about like Jordy and Riker and Troy are all talking about the, the punchline to this joke. They're talking about the logistics that the male part of the joke needed to figure out to make the joke funny. And then that's how data kind of, I can't describe it. So there's no way I can make that funny. All right. There's <laughs> right, a dirty joke. I, I don't know that it's a dirty joke. I got I'm looking at the, the other, script the right script. now. Look at what Data and says. So LaForge says, so the guy staggers to his feet and goes back to the girl, right? Well, she smiles, looks him right in the eye and says, just try that in hyperspace. Right. So the positioning in zero gravity environment coupled with the adverse effect it would have at the psychological well-being of the average human male is what makes the anecdote so amusing. That's what Data said. Okay, so maybe it's a little it, saucy. But, maybe but the, it, the implication is... And I'm not saying that that's, that's funny. I think it's funny that they started that way, uh, but it's also funny that this very prim and proper bridge so far, like when we're not watching the episodes, they're sitting around and telling dirty jokes to each other. I think it's great. Well, let's remember, let's remember Starfleet is modeled after the Navy. All right. There are a bunch of sailors. Yeah, but you, you usually... You, oh, hang on, hang on. Speaking, speaking of the ocean... 
I need a little uh, liquid refreshment. Let me pop a can too. Pop. I don't have one. Uh, sorry. You don't have a can? You don't have a beverage? Because of the goddamn COVID, I didn't want to go to the store. All hands. Abe uh, is without a beverage. I'm I'm, af- I'm I'm afraid to go up to a safe way to get the uh, the cans this week. So uh, I had to wait. Well, let's let's move on then. Yeah, we'll pretend. So okay, mm. so, so I could see I could see where the mm, refreshing, uh, d- delicious. I could, I could see where it might be considered a ribald joke, but I do like the idea that and and we saw this also in Skin of Evil. You know, here's a little pre-action moment where the crew are kind of like, you know, relaxing yeah. a little bit, traveled a little more. They're starting to unwind a little bit. Right. You know, maybe. But it's also Data is great in this episode. He is. The tone of his interaction and, and his behavior is so different from the rest of the mood of the episode. <laughs> but it's really good. I, I feel like they're tinkering with him still. You know, it's funny. It feels like sometimes they they have him right when you see the Data who becomes more consistent show up in these earlier episodes you almost say like well why'd you guys mess around with them you, you had it right that time but right. but they don't know it they don't they're still playing with data and right. i think this episode has a lot of the funny stuff that data is you know questions but they also they also use that to drive the story too so i, I think he's useful and he's funny and he's you know it's a it's a perfect amount of data in this episode that that's what's so strange to me about this episode is what makes it is stand out in such a weird way that it has all these delightful little character right. moments you know Worf gets a joke about how swimming is a lot like bathing <laughs> but that you that's know the problem and, that joke actually i mean it is yeah i know it's a problem but at least he gets a joke in so troy says this is right at the beginning after the the credit roll and she says something about how they're going to go to Pacifica, which, of course, is a water planet because it's called Pacifica. Yes. Right. In case you didn't get it. To Commander Data, she says, well, you've never swum. 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 You ever swim did? <laughs> you've never gone swimming in moonlight before? And then Data goes. One can swim in moonlight? And then she asks Worf if he's ever done the same. And he doesn't like the idea because it's too much like bathing, which, again, reinforces this idea that he's too savage or too... Um, he's dirty. He's a dirty guy. Yeah, he's unrefined and he doesn't want to bathe. I'll bathe if you'll make me, but I won't like it. Later in the series, he's going to have that beautiful ponytail thing <laughs> going. You know, it's so clearly brushed. Right, you think that gets washed out? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he conditions the hell out of it. Well, listen, also, he dates Deanna Troy at some point. And, and do you think she puts up with that? Do you think she's like, uh, oh, no, you know, uh, listen, if we're going to make this work, you're going to have to bathe at least once a week. I, I mean, that's my hope. She she Klingon scapes him. <laughs> the episode is so weird, too, because it has all these things that we have been talking about that we wanted. Right. We wanted conflict. We wanted action. We wanted some phaser fun. Sure. We get all of it. Right. Roddenberry, apparently, you know, the great bird. God bless his, his soul. He was all, apparently all for it, too. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do this. This looks like fun. The one thing he wanted to change was, you know, he's like, I don't want it to be an internal coup. They wanted the initial idea was oh, here you go. that where there were a bunch of conspirators at the heart of Starfleet right. who wanted to subvert the whole operation, much like the Klingons in Heart of Glory. They were like, you know, we want we want a different federation. And 
Roddenberry said, nah, 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 nah. Let's not do that. That's too dramatically interesting. Well, it's also too complicated for the amount of time. Well, they no, have. no. Uh, I mean, that would be. You're right. Not like a great season arc. That's, no, no. That's what I mean. I agree. I mean, it, of course, that can't be a one episode thing. And what we have also talked about liking is that this episode connects back to episode 18, Coming of Age. And we finally Coming have these age. interconnecting episodes where there is some kind of a through story and we have returning characters. We have uh, Remick and uh, Fred Ward or Ed Ward or John Ward or Jim Ward. <laughs> What's his name? Admiral Quinn. Admiral Quinn played by some dude named Ward. <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> Anyways, so they're, they're back, though. They're back. Wow. And Admiral Quinn warned Picard in that episode that there was something going on. Something was afoot in Starfleet. And it's totally cool to see that come back. But what I think is weird, though, is that when we were talking in episode 18, I had this idea that Roddenberry might not be on board that episode coming of age because there was all this conflict, the stuff that mm -hmm. he hated. Quinn came to the ship with Remick and Remick was grilling the crew, like, you know, right. uh, criticizing them and, and, and also at the same time deconstructing the show and, and getting upset about decisions that Picard had made through, you know, the 18 episodes or 17 episodes mm -hmm. so far of stuff where things have gone wrong and he's really critical about it. And so there is that internal Starfleet strife going on between Remick and Picard and Riker and the rest of the crew. And we noted that episode, Gene had gone away on vacation. He had, a, he, had, he was like uh, shuttled away on vacation with Majel and somebody else took over the show and kind of did all this tinkering behind the scenes. And I always thought like Gene's going to come back and be really pissed off. Gene, 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 look what they did. For crying out loud, what do you think, Great Bird? Look what they did while you were gone. Hey, what did you guys do? Look look at my show. Hey, I kind of like the look of this. Call, call. Hey, listen, he likes it. Gene likes it. <laughs> and for the listener, by the way, this Gene Roddenberry imitation just kills my throat. Call, call. Oh, my God. Come on, really hit it. Really hit it, Andrew. You can do it. <laughs> Cool. There's, that's good. For the listeners, that's also uh, Andrew's ringtone now. <laughs> but I have a question for you. I want to throw this out here for a little, you know, batonage, a little back and forth. Is this really a TNG episode? When you think about the balance of the of the series, I mean, we get some exciting episodes. We got some, you know, best of both worlds here and there. But right. this feels so different. It does. From everything else we've seen so far. Is this just an anomaly? What's going on here? I don't know. I mean, I, I was thinking about it like that, too, because I I mean, it certainly is an anomaly for the first season. And there are some other episodes where there is actually action going on, where there's yeah. like intrigue and real danger. And, and those episodes later on feel like this one. Mm -hmm. This one still is just this one's so crazy, but it's also coherent. We've had some other wacky episodes. Where crazy stuff happens, like Armin Shimmerman showing up on that steel box or yes. whatever. Stuff like that, right? It has that kind of sci-fi weirdness to it that the show almost never really gets into. And here it is. There's lots of effects. There's some, I know it's stagey, but there's running around. There's there's a lot of fighting. And then there's a lot of fighting that you want to see. You want to see Worf beat up tough things. And Yeah, and until he gets thrown across the table. Apparently that's all it takes. But I want to I say, too, that there, there are elements of horror and gore in here. Right. Well, we were just talking about Skin of Evil and how 
tepid that was. I mean, if there there was ever an opportunity for some some horror, not necessarily sure. gore. I mean, you got this big black sludge thing that could have been Armist. a great deal. Yes, Armist could have been a great deal more horrific. Yeah. It murders Tasha Yar, and it was just kind of like, eh. It kills her in such a slight way. Like, here you're going to wipe out one of your major characters, and she just dies by a wave of a hand. If if the thing had hands, she just <laughs> like, goes flying off and dies. Right. I think the horror element to that episode is where you have Riker kind of submerged in the black goo. But even so, it's it could have been a really scary episode. And I, I mean, maybe we should chalk this stuff up to direction in this episode because the direction in this episode is actually really tight. And all of the commercial breaks are hit just right, like with just the right amount of tension to keep you hanging on through your Where's the Beef or and Alpo commercials, right? <laughs> they probably didn't put... Chuck wagon. They probably didn't put the Chuck wagon commercials right after the Where's the Beef commercials. They they probably had to space those. I, you would hope not. You would hope not. They never put the the dog food and the Burger King commercials uh, next to each other. That was Burger King, right? The Where's the Beef. Yeah, Where's the Beef is. Where's, uh, yes, that was. Oh, was where's that? the Beef? No, that oh, was Wendy's. Wendy's. That was, was Wendy's. Uh, yeah, Sarah Peller. That was Wendy's. Where's, where's the, the Beef? beef? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's in your be uh mr roddenberry where's <laughs> oh shit what have i done where's the beak <laughs> the beak where's the beak <laughs> can you can you uh fact check me on this one i feel like george bush senior used that in one of his campaign rallies where's the done it, it was it was quite i, a I feel like i remember race. him saying that and if he didn't you know what nobody's gonna hear that part of that podcast okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't worry i'll i'll be digging through my presidential right. note, for, note for dave hold on dave hold on note for dave <laughs> don't forget to google did george bush it's the podcast that's not afraid to say that they're going to count things at the beginning of the episodes and then never does it never keeps track of anything has no idea really what's going on <laughs> right, right right but 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 even and, and there's plenty of phaser action oh, man. Right? i mean phasers oh, man. are firing oh, yeah. left and right oh, phase yeah. this phase that and even that that final lovely gore scene uh, at the end with Remick, where where he gets his body right. destroyed, which is interesting because the whole point of the phaser, and we talked about this when um, I forget what episode it was. It's, we talked uh, about hearts, uh, hearts of glory. No, we talked about phasers before then, being like dustbusters. Yes, because they were going to take it onto that ship that the Klingons had taken over and then like vacuum it up. Right. Oh, oh, that's that's it. That's it. And they look so awkward when they're holding them and pointing them like guns, even though in this episode it is actually a gun this time. It's used as a gun by many people. Yes, right. Exactly. To kill, right? Right. They really were purposeful about the anti-violence on this show, and that's coming through. Except for this episode, yeah. <laughs> people are even Even the goddamn doctor is shooting something on this, which is so great. Oh, she's so badass. She is just cold, like yeah. cool. I am taking you down. I mean, yeah, she he, just lets him have it. She just roasts him. She needs no explanation. When she sees two um, or three, maybe dead crew members, she's like, okay, I'm shooting this dude. She opens up and, and it's so cool. It's so cool. I love that so much. So there's that scene. It's it's mid episode. But then there's also the scene that you're talking about with Remick at the end where, uh, spoiler alert, Remick, <laughs> who was in our episode 18, ends up being the big baddie at the end. Uh, you know, uh, Rikes and uh, Picard blow the shit out of him with their lasers or phasers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Let's get right to Quinn versus Riker and Worf then. I mean, Admiral do you want to set that up a little bit? 
Do you want to talk about what happened? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Can I? Can I? Can I? Uh, uh, so there's a lot of please, shit that goes please. down. But when they get back to Earth, Picard goes down to the planet, and there's a bunch of uh, stuffy old dudes that look like they are potentially robots or are under some kind of mind control. And this also happens earlier in the episode. Picard goes down for a secret meeting with the Captain's Club on the mining planet, right? Captain's Club. In that scene... The Captain's Club. Captain's Club. To welcome the Captain's Club, Commander. Captain's Club. Picard goes down, and he's nervous after he's gotten his... Uh, 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 Code 47. Yes, Code 47. Code 47, priority message, Captain. And which Riker uh, doesn't even question. Riker has, he's like, oh, it's Captain's business. I'm not going to even ask. Oh, no, that that was a good point because even Troy looks up like, should I say something? I ain't going to say something because Picard's like, I ain't got time for this. We're not having a conversation. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. This is serious shit. Right, right. Listen, it's Next. not it's not message forty six or message forty eight, forty <laughs> goddamn seven, and nobody asked a question. So he went down to the planet, and the way they play the scene, there's all this tension because the other captains are very stoic and robotic, and you think they've been possessed already. Yes. When Picard goes down to Earth, it's like a repeat of that same scene. In, in the earlier scene. The, the captains ended up being okay. They were not they were not under the influence of the body snatchers. But but when Picard goes to Earth, you start getting the feeling that maybe these guys are all uh, possessed or whatever's whatever's going on with them. Right. At the same time that he's down on Earth, Quinn wants to go back up to the Enterprise and he takes a little special box with him. And, and Quinn's busy. He's getting busy up on the ship and opens this box up and it's supposed to go i think it's supposed to go to the doctor we find out later on right yes yes but instead yes, uh right comes in to quinn's room to um actually i think riker's job was to get him to go have a medical exam with beverly anyways right so he's kind of he's kind of saving beverly in a way right not, not right. unbeknownst to him yes and, oh, don't worry entirely and, and quinn has this good job riker pe- uh, quinn has this parasite in this box that he's been ogling uh, which ends up being the thing that possesses these people, this, this bug. I had this little play set when I was a kid where you could make these plastic bugs. Did you ever have one of those? It had these molds. and it had, <laughs> No, no. I'm, I'm sure it's full of carcinogenics, but the, you got this little plastic stuff in a packet, and you, you poured it into the mold, and then it had a heating unit. They would heat it up, and then you get this like squishy bug toy that would come out, and, and it was kind of like these things. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Hey, mom, dad, I want those asbestos bugs. Hey, mom, is it okay to eat this thing? And so there's this little bug, which <laughs> which is cool. Like it's it's you know it, it it's the claymation bug. Oh, it's it's a fakest looking thing I've ever seen, though. I mean, I wanted some well, kind of goop on it or something, or 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 a tendril or something. Well, it, it's Star Trek. You know, everything in Star Trek's pretty clean, and they try to be careful not to make things too gory, not to make things too disturbing cleanest parasite i've ever seen i mean a couple episodes back picard was on some foreign planet eating a root (laughs) that was supposedly it was it was was a regular old brown root like we had on earth this bug is like some pink and purple thing like you've never seen on any planet that we've been to it looks like it's made of it looks like it's made of fondant there you go uh it was on one of those baking shows they made it it sits there in some scenes because it's like a practical thing that's really on camera and then in other scenes well it's always on camera because it's stop motion but in other scenes they they have another one that they animate so it kind of climbs around 
that skitters. It literally skitters around. I have a real soft spot for stop motion. Oh, I do too. I, I also got to say, and this is just because I, I'm a small person, Quinn's box makes me laugh. I mean, the, the box that he carries it in, it looks like some like late right. 80s compact computer. Intel inside, only as a parasite instead. Ha ha ha. It's just such a clunky, weird looking box. I mean, and they've had other uh, kind of practical props on the show that have done cool things and it would have been cool if you mm. you know if it kind of opened by itself or some gas came out of it or something you know it would have been neat armin shimmerman's face was on it <laughs> yeah there you go you know we talked about that episode it would have been funny if there was a whole show with that Ar- armin shimmerman face on a on a on a shield show that's from haven that's from haven ladies and gentlemen this is the longest lead in. This lead in is as long Comes as the, the room. Sorry, yeah, there's a lot of points I want to get to. I, lo- I really like this episode. Riker gets into the room, and this is the most exciting sequence on the whole sh- damn show. Maybe the whole ser- series so far, right? Riker comes in, and it's Quinn, who is, who's, who yes. is not a fit fellow in, in real life. I think we noted that he had too many... Cheesesteak sandwich cards really down. Cheesesteak sandwich, uh, right? You know, in the cafeteria, and he's an older guy too, right? So, yeah, he's appropriately he's an appropriate build for a, a man of his age. Let's just say that. I'm starting to or I'm starting listen, to feel. No, I'm it or some people might say he's not way. trying too hard. Okay, come on, you're trying, man. This guy. <laughs> Anyways, this guy. <laughs> He has a space. He has a space dad bod. Yeah. Okay. So this guy, listen, this guy wants to force Riker to be possessed by this bug. You get the impression that somehow the bug is going to get inside of people, right? And Riker won't have it, so Riker uh, starts fighting the, uh, the dude, and he's like, "How many times uh, Riker's strength do you think he is? Like five times Riker's strength?" I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to do the math, but <laughs> no Riker's math. got some great high kicks in there. So that that whole thing where Riker, Riker yeah. is able to straddle a chair yeah. actually pays off for him. We realize he's it's like calisthenics for him, yes, because he high kicks like a high school cheerleader. I mean, he looks like he is rooting for the home team. Yeah, it's lucky he didn't hit that poor actor in the head because it was it was dangerous with the with the feet. That wasn't his feet. It was like uh, the Fifth Element. You know, uh, did you ever see that movie, The Fifth Element? Oh, of course. Yeah. Emila Jojojojojovic, Jojojovic is supposed to be kicking those aliens, and they actually made like a fake leg for her. To make no, it look right. like she was high kicking. That's no. exactly what Listen, they did. Here. No, this scene, it's this a scene, fake please, leg. everyone who has not seen this, this scene is a great example of the original series meets the next gen, the way that they used to shoot shows on TV, the way that they would cover action scenes. You had these long shots with a stunt double and then the up close stuff you had with the real actor or the real actor, both actors with the cast. So, so, yeah, so right, you have right, Jonathan right. Frakes up close doing like the, the fighting that is supposed to be the stuff that's like uh, landing, but it's also the stuff that you can't see. So it kind of looks faker. And then they pull out for all the stuff like, which thing do you think Frakes will do? Will he crash to the table or should we let the stunt double do that? The quality of the image that we see now is so crystal clear. Even the yeah. thing I was watching the show on, on an iPad, was still way better than the TV I ever watched it on when I was a teenager. Oh, sure. And you could, you could tell it was so stunt people. Yeah, but, sure. But that's, that's what the scene is full of these things. And like that, but the high kicking, the reason why I was bringing this up is because the high kicking is actually done by Riker. Riker's high kicking at one point. No. Riker, yes, he is. Riker has some no moves way, in that's there. Him. The, the stunt double's doing a lot of stuff, but Riker actually has moves. And this is, I was making this argument before. You mean Frakes? Do you mean Frakes is doing the high kicking? There's a medium shot with Frakes kicking. It's like he can actually do moves in it. And you, 
and you go that. When we're done ridiculous. with this podcast and you think you're going to go back and have your regular life, you turn that thing back on and watch Frank's high kick. It's true. I'll do it. I'll, I'll, oh, you're on. Oh, you're on. Uh, mister. Uh, waste more of your life with uh, next generation after this is over. Okay. <laughs> but there is a great action sequence and there it, there's fighting. These two dudes are fighting and eventually Quinn takes Riker and throws him through this glass table. Throws him over the table. And he goes goes splattering down. He hits this table. And another example of why you don't have glass objects in space. We've seen it before in the series. You know, it's it's perfect just to crash people through things. Then Jordy comes in, right? Jordy and Worf together. I want to say this. I want to say this. So it's a security alert thing, right? And for some reason, Jordy shows up with Worf. Why isn't it data? What do you think? Data would have jacked this dude up. I this know. whole show would have been different. Data would have twisted that guy's head off. That's exactly why he didn't show up. But the scene is way more interesting because what you have is you got Jordy. Yeah, he gets thrown through the door and and this fake plywood door. It's so fake. Like even when I originally saw this thing, I laughed at that scene. I remember very fondly as Someone in my early 20s laughing at that thing because it was so obviously fake. But see, but when I was watching it, I was like, cool, man. Like, like, good. That level of action is happening. But at the same time, like, what are they making the spaceship out of? It's plywood. But even if you had plywood on tracks, like, that would kill him to go through doors like that. Because he goes through the door and they fall off and land yeah. on top of yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, these are supposed to be metal doors in space. And and so you got you got to get Harry, that kid yeah. that was carving the yeah. dolphin. Back in uh, When the Bow Breaks, get that guy, get that kid to carve you some dolphin doors or something. Because that was a pretty sturdy looking dolphin. That's true. That's true. Harry was the best dolphin. dolphin. (laughs) That's the Klingon dolphin. Dolphin. He's the best dolphin carver. But, you know, maybe Harry did carve those doors and they were like carved out of soap or something. Because that's what happened. He goes like flying right through those stupid doors (laughs) and lands and he's unconscious. So we've got two key crew members unconscious at that point. And then Worf's like, Worf's like, it's on, man. Worf sees this dude and he's like, he's been ready to he's been ready to tear yeah, yeah. tear something apart. Grr, he grrs. Yeah. And what you were talking about earlier, too, this idea that it's a good commercial break. Because it really is. And we've seen glimpses, right? Like in, in hiding queue and so on. We saw glimpses sure. of Worf throwing down. Oh, and Datalore. Don't forget Datalore when he's just got the living crap smacked out of him. I know. it's and, and it happens again here. It's so rewarding to the fans to have him beat up shit. And you know Roddenberry hates this stuff like crazy, but and they, they never do it. But when he does it, it's like, yeah, go, Worf. And so at the commercial break, he's standing there, and the music ramps up, and it's really intense. And you're like, oh, here Worf goes. We're going to take a break. And when he comes back, he's going to kick some ass. Yes. I was actually thinking about how they shot this show because they're shooting the breaks. They don't just like they don't just shoot the scene and then like cut it and then just cut back into it. They stage it for the commercial break. So the music mounts, you know, music afterwards. The whole thing is set up and he's standing there and he's like all intense. And then when he comes back for the commercial break, you can tell because we don't have commercials. We just see the episode air. It's like they've set it all up again or or he took a break and had a Coke or something and came back on and he's a little bit out of position and he has to get back into his character and he's got to get right back into the same emotions. And then it's just funny to think about it like that because they just don't shoot shows like that anymore. And then here goes Worf. What happens with Worf Worf v. Quinn? Well, okay, so so, so Quinn's got that great pre-commercial. He's like, 
Now, Klingon, it's between you and me. And Worf is like, I'm ready to go. And Worf gives him the old double-handed blows. I mean, it's a it's a real James yeah. T. Kirk yeah. action shot, right? It would be, be would have been better if it was a karate <laughs> chop, but what can you do? And then, and then, of course, Quinn does yeah, what you gets, do is throws him across the table of death. Table of death. Yeah, so Riker also was thrown. And the reason he did that is because the set's pretty deep, but also not really wide. So when they were staging the action, both times they throw these stunt guys. They, they throw them over this table. And then Worf gets knocked out, too. But Worf gets knocked out so easily. It, it would I mean, have been... You just throw him over a table, and that's it. That Maybe that's like playing on weakness, <laughs> yeah. tables. Well, you think, I mean, it is kind of sad, because Riker got all this action with the dude, and you want, you really want to see Worf pounding this guy around. Oh, yeah. But, but it's, the point is, even a Klingon is no match for this 70-year-old who's been hijacked by this pink bug, right? So this is like per scene more action than we've seen more action than we've seen in like if you oh, yeah. combine many of the episodes together but then bev comes and puts them down sarah connor she comes in there's a great shot of bev and and she's got her phaser out and she just blows the crap out of this guy like just really phasers the shit out of him oh yeah sustained beam yes the star trek beam can be set for stun or kill right and we don't know what she's using at this point well no she she did say you you have to set your phaser to kill right well that's what i was going to say later on you find out that she had already figured out that she needed to to kill right when she talks to picard well when you come and see Jordy out in the hall with those two right, soap doors right. all smashed up around him you would think that uh maybe i should kill this thing which is exactly what they teach at starfleet medical university i think set to kill what's nice about that scene is it makes it really tense when right. picard is down there having dinner with the starfleet version of aarp right so he's down there with these old dudes uh, savar and aaron and they're eating worms together, which is, I got to tell you, is a little, you know, kind of, I think in some cultures, they, they would eat that. I don't see what the problem is. And, and you know, Riker, Riker's going to eat worse on the Klingon ship. What's the right. problem? I think it's the, it's the enthusiasm they're eating the worms with. Reddish. Reddish in your new body. Do you really, do you really go for it like that? I mean, is that the best thing they have on earth to eat? These big old grubs. Well, they seemed like I had a good crunch yeah, to them. Yeah. I mean, they they seemed pretty crispy. They had a nice snap. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. It looked like some of the actors were actually eating those, or at least putting them in their mouths. Oh no, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were eating them. So they're either some sort of like faux yeah. worms, or you just like you know, dude, eat oh. a worm. Like I said, you know, some people eat crickets, some people eat some people eat snails, some people eat chickens' eggs that comes out of a cloaca. Uh, for I'm God's sake, be- you know, have yourself a worm. I'll do it. This could be my last uh, appearance on television. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and Patrick Stewart comes from Britain. Have you seen what they eat over there? He's having bangers and mash. Maybe he went and picked up some haggis. You know, you don't know what he's eating. But, Give but, me some uh, uh, worms or a, a plate of head cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we eat crap. We eat horrible things here, yeah, too. Right. I mean, it's, you know, we're going like to... to Taco Bell and crap like that. There's plenty of horrible food. I just like that line that Savar has when he says, relish in your new body. Relish, relish in it. <laughs> While this is going on uh, upstairs on the ship, Picard is down on Earth and he is in this really precarious situation because we're we're starting to believe that all these people, if we haven't already, all these people in Starfleet are possessed by these these 
bugs, right? Oh, right. And so uh, Picard's trying to figure right. it out, and Picard's about to go in this dinner, and he goes, uh, let, let me go out. I, uh, let me talk to my ship before dinner. And he's out in the hall, and he asks Beverly up on top. You know, she says, be careful, because she's worried that the channel is being monitored. Right. And right. this is when she tells him to set his phaser for kill, and he has this great line, which is, you know, you don't bring a phaser to Starfleet, or you usually don't go to Starfleet headquarters with a weapon. You don't go armed. You don't go armed in the Starfleet, Beverly, for crying out loud. She's trying to help him. now, And now we know like he actually does not have a phaser hidden. Right. Another really great bit of writing in this episode. Okay, that's writing right there, guys. Like that's, that's, that's telling us he's unarmed. So it's building the tension. Finally, after all this fake tension on this show, right. we have some real genuine right. tension. It, it's really nicely done. And then right after that, we've got this scene where Beverly is trying to take care of Quinn, who's unconscious, right? And she discovers this weird little uh, 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 rat tail kind of thing coming out of his neck, which is a gill, which is, I guess. We call it a gill. Okay. Is it, you, you can call it a gill. Is that what they call in the show? They call it a gill. They call it a gill. They call it a gill. And it makes it sound like it's like a fish gill, but it's not. It's like a little stringy tail sticking out. I mean, I believe they call it that. I'm just saying that I'm trying to paint a gosh darn picture that is this little purple thing coming out of his neck. And 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 then uh, the camera, camera's moving towards Beverly from behind and somebody's approaching her and it's Riker. And you're like, uh-oh, Riker's been possessed, right? Right? Right, 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 right. right. I, I think that it was a, it was a commercial break, or I don't know. When, again, then we're down in the room, and the big reveal where we realize where Picard gets gets it that these people mm-hmm. are all uh, possessed. They, they wake up. They, yeah, they, they pop the top off those little bowls, and there is like a pound of mealworms sitting there and crawling around and yeah, moving yeah. around, and, and they're real, just making like. They're yeah, they're making the sound effects and everything, and then so then these guys start getting the getting the getting the eaten is what they do. They they start wolfing and, down and on him. Picard them. has this like uh, curled up uh, <laughs> expression on his face, and you could tell you could tell that they're 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 savage aliens because they don't use spoons. They just put their hands in. That's really kind of gross. Then uh, well, I'll say so. So Riker comes down and he starts acting like he's possessed. Y'all hey, understand soon, Picard, or you'll be one of us soon, Picard. And it, and in typical Riker faction, of course, he can't just come in and say like, you know, hey, yeah, I'm one of you two now. So yeah. at, at that moment, it just it sort of broke the tension for me. It's like I knew he wasn't possessed. Because he was overselling it. I thought he was overselling he's it. He's pretending, he's pretending that he is, he's possessed like these other creatures. And, and luckily, luckily, the, the thing that always gets me about these types of plots, and I, I've watched a lot of horror movies, and, and what they sometimes do in a horror movie yes. is that these, these types of aliens can communicate with each other and like can, by some other form, right. you, you really have to hope that if you're going to pretend like you're an alien, like, or you're going to pretend like you're a zombie, or you're whatever it is, that you're you're doing a really good job, like that you that you're hoping that they don't communicate telepathically or something. And of course, he doesn't do a good job, is my <laughs> thing. But they still fall for it. They're not. They're they're they're. Oh, you you talk like a robot too. Uh, uh, good yeah. point, Commander Riker. Slow your speech pattern down and talk to us like you're on some kind of ambient. <laughs> You'll be one of us soon. Yes, I will be one of you soon. I cannot wait until I am one of you. Now let me have some of those bugs, please. And 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 Riker's about to eat the bugs, right? He's about to get a mouthful of bugs. He's about to relish in his new body. 
right? That's when the, the shit goes down is what happens. Yeah. Riker uh, starts a shooting. Well, and this is this is where it gets. This is where it gets. You know, so so the promise of the Quinn fight, and I re- I really do enjoy the Quinn fight for all the the my my gripes. I mean, this is just who I am. You know this by now. I do too. I, yes, I, I did. That dinner scene, it it is really stagey. I mean, there's a really bad shot. I I can understand why they're doing it because they wanted they want you to know that Admiral Aaron is is getting away. But the way they show him getting away, like he's getting up off the chair and moving really slowly, just seems weird. It's not that. And there's also that running. It's the it's there's all this. Well, and there's also that guy that they put at the table who doesn't have any lines, who you know is just there to get shot. Right. 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 I mean, the minute that guy sits down, you're like, oh, someone's getting shot. That dude first, Riker. Yeah, that guy. That guy's going down. He's a red shirt. Yeah, he gets. He gets shot, and unfortunately, our our captain who we saw before, which I, I is she the first female African American uh, Starfleet captain? Trila Scott, Captain yeah, Trila Scott, Scott, I, I believe add, so. So unfortunately, of the of next generation at least, right? And unfortunately, she's she's at the table too, and so she's been taken over, and all of these people get killed by Riker and um, Picard, right? Or I, I'm assuming right. they're getting killed because Quinn, except for except for Aaron, Aaron, Aaron makes a run for it. And there's that really badly staged shootout in the hallway where everyone, it takes like, you got plenty of time to dodge or do whatever you're going to do because everybody, it's like very slow to turn around. And And there's a gunfight where he's shooting at Riker. So back in the room, just for a second, because I like this part, Riker shoots somebody, somebody drops their gun at the end of the table, right? The guy that got, one of the guys that got yeah, that's the unnamed security guy. Okay, yeah. yeah, he gets shot. He drops his phaser, and then Picard goes and picks it up. So now they have two guns, and and which is great. I mean, it's a fun scene because I've been waiting ever since they went to one one zero zero one one zero zero one 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 when they went to Binus, and the yes. two of them were kind of uh-huh. working together. I really wanted to see them have like an action sequence together, and here it is finally. You know, the two of them working together. I know that it's kind of paired with the stagey silliness of it but i still liked it enough to you know watch him chase this guy down the hall and when they get into the hall uh, the the admiral's shooting at them right and they do this thing that i love right. so much on the show which i've mentioned before i love when they shoot the phasers and the laser beam shoots out and then they avoid it it's so great i picard yeah, yeah, they duck out of the way. They duck out of the way of the laser beam. When I saw that, I started thinking, are these not like laser beams, like the way that we think of them? Are they something else? I mean, maybe I have it wrong because the way a laser works, you would instantly be hit. Like if you were pointing it at the thing, oh yeah, sure. it would hit you. So sure. The only way it could miss you is if the person shooting it missed. It couldn't be like that you run out of its way. Right. You you can't you can't dodge them. So maybe uh, that's why they call them phasers. Maybe there are something else. It, it it still seems very unlikely that you would be able to dodge it. <laughs> I, but then you know, in the, in the, there's there's an entire history. I mean, come on, every every uh, look at Star Wars for God's I, I, sake. It, it, I mean, people are, are those those damn stormtroopers. I know someone should get those stormtroopers a phaser. Just some like columnated beam so they could just constantly have it on they might actually hit something it's it's people are constantly dodging that stuff it's it's just it's the phaser episode of sttngs finally let's talk about the physics of phasers first of all they're impossible dave your turn andrew's phaser corner right now (laughs) (laughs) they look like dustbusters and shoot at the speed of light and still people dodge them back to you dave (laughs) i'll never get tired of watching picard and Riker outrun a phaser getting back to uh uh because the big scene's coming the big scene's coming where they face off with remick and again keep in mind folks that remick is being played by uh 
Robert Schenken Jr., who is a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright in 1992, right? This guy is about to win a Pulitzer Prize. Right. And probably what he's most famously known for out in the world is being the guy on The Next Generation who gets gets blown up and has like creepy ass puppet in his chest. He gets his head blown up. They they shoot the admiral, right? And then the admiral's mouth opens up and it's another one of these stop motion effects and the bug crawls out of its mouth, his mouth, and it goes skittering off right. and, and Picard and Riker go chasing after the little pink bug. And it goes under a door. They open up the door and there there is Remick sitting there in his command chair. Sitting in Jameson's chair. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, are you kidding? It's Jameson. So, so if if you remember too short a season, no, oh, I didn't. One of the things we talked about in the episode too short a season was that this character Admiral Jameson is an old man, so he has this uh, sophisticated chair he has to get around in that they had spent ten thousand dollars on and could barely use in the episode because it was too large for the set. Right. So yeah, this is that his damn chair. They they refit it <laughs> so Remick can sit on it. You got to watch it again. Take a look. I I saw it and I'm like. Do I know that chair? And then when I was reading up on the episode, I'm like, oh, I do know that chair. I didn't see it. It would have been so great then if they had opened the door and it was Annie Jameson sitting in that chair instead of Remick. (laughs) Annie with the golden hair. It would have been perfect. Hello, boys. Boys, what are you doing here? Remember when you killed my husband? Oh, no. Now I'm getting revenge. So, yeah, well, I mean, and then what, well, they wouldn't have done it because of what happens next to Remick. Because they, so they train these phases on him like they have on the other creatures and they have to hold the sustained, you know, beam until it blows him up. And the but the first thing it does is is they shoot him in the head and explodes his head. And it's it, yes, I, I remember. Well, because he swallows the bug, yeah. he swallows the bug and then his neck oh, that's starts right. bulging. Neck- right. And he's he's saying. Things like we seek peaceful coexistence. In the meantime, his his neck is like it looks like Mitch McConnell, and it, it's yeah. it's just awful. Riker looks at Picard like, "What are we doing?" And Picard's like, "What do you think? We blow this shit up, man!" <laughs> A great moment. That's my favorite moment. They look at each other like, "Oh hell no!" You know what to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a, a prime directive. Be damned, buddy. This is over. Yeah. It's like, can you believe this, Chisnit? Take him. Remember when we saved Wesley? Light him up. Remember when we broke the prime directive for Wesley? Come on. Think about it, Riker. Think about it. So they, yeah. Light him up. They light him up and his head explodes. And and this, it's so graphic that they don't show this in some markets because it's so disturbing to see. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know how it made the air the first time. I remember seeing it on TV going, what the hell is this? Like, I could not believe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It was the most graphic thing I'd ever seen on regular TV at that time. The guy's head explodes. It's something akin to what happens in Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end of the first one. Right. It's really gross. The head blows up. And then not only that, then they continue to shoot this guy. And they open up his chest cavity. And there's this weird alien your your alf in there your your alien puff yeah puff your your alien mother creature father creature uber creature the controller of this whole thing comes popping up but it is it's a puppet i mean it's clearly it's a like, puppet Rrr! it's like <laughs> so then they they look at each other and like oh hell no another and look torture. and it's like set it for double kill Riker. double double <laughs> yeah. kill kill burger burger please <laughs> twice uh and they roast that thing yeah they 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 shoot the shit out of it is what they do. And then they have that nice creepy moment at the end where they find out that he was it was sending out a beacon, right. 
right? And as the Enterprise flies by, you hear that yes. implying that the beacon right. is is still broadcasting to wherever the the claymation creatures live. Now we're never going to see these claymation creatures again. Somewhere in the universe is a very interesting story that we will again never see again. I don't. I, I have no idea. I have no idea other than I guess I do have an idea. I can't have no idea and then have an idea. That doesn't make sense. Then no, it doesn't. I don't understand why they didn't bring this back and except that eventually the Borg come and they're far more interesting than little pink bugs. It so, would have been funny if they would have taken a Borg apart. And found the little pink bug inside. And it's like, hi, remember me? Hello. I'm back. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Randy Quaid at, uh, at the end of uh, Independence Day. Hello, boys. I'm back. <laughs> nice. I, I, I love how many Independence Day references you have for this podcast. It's very good. <laughs> Let me tell you how crazy this episode yes. is. How wild this episode is. It was wild. We didn't even talk about the fact that Michael Berryman is in it. Oh, yes. Don't... The guy from Hills Have Eyes, who also, of course, appears in X-Files. Another one of those famous character actors that if you, you got to look him up, and when, as soon as you see him, you go, hey, he's dressed up as an alien in this one, uh, Captain Ricks. As soon as you see him, he's like, oh, there's that guy. Yes, yes. And he's yeah, he's in uh, Wes Craven's famous Hills Have Eyes. And that's, that's how I've known him for years, right, is the Hills Have Eyes guy. You know, interestingly, though, he was also in Star Trek Four as some kind of background right. person which was weird i don't remember him but i i, I saw it come up online so. but again this this takes us back to haven again right we had carol strickian as mr hom and i was saying why don't they find people like carol strickian and here They're we out. go michael berriman of course he only shows up once and he'll never show up again he didn't die did he well he's dead now yeah no, he's not dead but no, i i don't, I don't know when i didn't know if died. his character died yeah he is his character died no he's dead in real life oh is he ay, ay, ay. another famous big eyed dude dead look this up I, I thought he was alive but i so um oh no he's still alive you're right all right thank you he's the marty feldman of starfleet but you gotta admit this episode is so wild it is that someone like Michael Berriman showing up is is incidental. It is. It, and you're like, oh yeah, Michael Berriman, great. Look at that. My <laughs> God. Riker's kicking. Look at Riker's with the kicking. Feet to cuffs. Yeah, he feats to cuffs. He was really Riker's legs are going up and he's not even sitting down. Beverly's shooting people. Uh Jordy's being thrown through doors. <laughs> if I could and the, you know what's funny is that with Jordy, they have one of those silly Jordy lines again. He's like, if I could see, I'd be seeing stars. Whoa. Come on, buddy. You're not saying that in the 24th century anymore. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This might show up my best uh, on my best list. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm torn. Yeah. But we'll talk about it when we get to the Hey, we didn't even mention it to our listeners that as we get closer to the end of the season, we're working on a couple of very special episodes. We're building a dream. And one of them just might be a best of season 1. And a worst of. I'm very much looking forward to those episodes. I think we'll have we'll ha- we'll have a lot to chew on. Number one. You know, what we have to do next, Dave. We have to talk about the final episode. Oh my god! Of season one, neutral zone. Neutral zone is next time. That's episode twenty five. Believe it or not, folks. It's our silver episode. Oh, it's silver. Like my. Uh... <laughs> my side hair yes that's nice that's nice make new episodes but listen to the old summer silver the others are gold 
Let's wrap this business up for episode 24, Conspiracy. I think I'm entering into a conspiracy to agree with you to wrap this up. You've been listening to STTNG's Not Another Star Trek podcast. I'm Commander Dave E. Dave signing out. And I am Ambassador Andrew joining him. <laughs> Let's go mind the store. You won't do the music, huh? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it anymore because it sounds dumb. I can do it in my head. Star Trek The Next Generation. 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 Wow, Conspiracy was such a cool episode. What a great way to end the season. Wait, what? There's another episode? The Neutral Zone? Please, you're killing me, number one. It's the last episode of TNG Season 1. For real this time. Control your emotions. The Enterprise crew meets some cryogenic sleepers. I would love to wake up aboard the Enterprise. Yeah, blow your mind. And lurking in the shadows, an old enemy oh my god wait 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 hold, hold on honey they mentioned the romulans again can you believe it as usual the boys will go off on their pop culture tangents it's like star trek hee-haw <laughs> we salute the population of romulus wait 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 hold on a minute we can't mention hee-haw in a goddamn star trek podcast no hee-haw it doesn't make a lick of sense so get a grip on your 24th century cup holder because the Enterprise is going cryo-crazy on the next episode of STTNG's Not Another Star Trek Podcast. Data would have jacked this dude up.